0: In the epistle today, St. Paul encourages us and exhorts us to make of ourselves a living sacrifice. A sacrifice, all throughout the Old Testament, whenever a sacrifice is made, something dies. Uh, if it's an animal, it's slain. Uh, if it's if it's wine or or, or some other grain or or um, you know these kinds of things that would be offered the first fruits of the of one's own of one's own produce these things will be placed on an altar and consumed by fire. Uh, so a sacrifice is something that is is killed. But Saint Paul offers to us an image of a living sacrifice. Something that where we do not simply all go and allow ourselves to be martyred or seek out martyrdom in some manner, but rather that we make of ourselves living individuals, yet ones willing to die for Christ. And not simply by shedding of our blood, but most importantly, by the living of our lives in conformity with Him and His will, to turn to our blessed Lord and to, and to allow His life to increase within us. This is the grace that we ask, and this is the grace that what St. Paul calls us to live, is to be able to to be living and yet dead to ourselves, to seek God's will above all of our own desires. This is a great task for us, because the the fact is that um, when it comes down to it, most of us do not want to be a, a living sacrifice. Well, once you know, it's a comfortable thing for us to to give ninety percent of ourselves and ten per, or ninety percent of ourselves to the Lord. Ten percent we keep back, you know, for our own for our own selves, right? Or maybe ninety nine percent and one percent, you know, that that we preserve for our own self will. But it's our Lord who calls us to give everything of ourselves, holding nothing back, not seeking to hold on or cling to our own will, but to seek His and to follow Him. And when we do this, things change within us. This is why St. Paul continues that exhortation with the injunction that that we are called to to not conform ourselves to the world, but to be transformed in our minds into Christ. Not to conform ourselves to the world. This is a great temptation that's that's faced uh, in our society, is simply to blend in and not just in the religious sense, just in any sense. So many souls want to, want to kind of to, to go under the radar, not to be in the light, not to be seen or noticed, but simply to, to kind of quietly be along, one of the crowd. And especially this is a temptation when it comes to the things of our faith. It's not a popular thing for us very often to live our faith in the public realm whenever we live it, especially when things are contrary to the teachings of the gospel, it's a difficult thing for us. Whenever we put on the mind of Christ, which is simply to understand and to know the teachings of the church or that are the teachings of Christ given to us through the ministry of the church, she comes and, and it's for us to not only to, to know these things in, a, in an intellectual sense, but to know them in our hearts, to know them viscerally, to know the closeness and the the richness of our Catholic faith, to know the implications of all the things that we're called to profess in our Catholic faith. Whenever we do these things, again, it will cost us and it will require of us at certain times to turn away from the world and to stick out a bit, even to be mocked, to be chastised. We will have experiences like Jeremiah, where we say, Lord, you duped me and I let myself be duped. Jeremiah, the great prophet. Jeremiah, the one who who was called by the Lord to go forth and to proclaim the good news, which for them was bad news, that they were caught in their sins. And if they did not change their way, destruction would have come upon them. And whenever he came to spread this good news to those who were not listening, they cursed him, they mocked him, Even the religious people of the day refused to listen to him, thought him a fool, and made fun of him all throughout the temple sanctuary. In the end, Jeremiah was not a welcome voice. He was cursed by the majority of the Jewish community. And yet, his words were spoken true. And the exile of the Jewish people soon took place. The destruction of the temple and the people being cast out into the nations. No longer able to worship the one true God in the manner in which they had done for centuries before. We will have similar experiences. The fact of, of, of our own willingness to stay close to our Lord means that we will also bear good news to people who think it bad news. We can look at it a whole variety of ways, whether it's the, uh, you know, Catholics who are marrying outside of the church and inviting us to come join with them, individuals of the same sex entering into a proposed ceremony of marriage, and then us having to excuse ourselves and say, we cannot support these things. To that, we can add a whole variety of other things. Certainly, most anything that happens in the political realm these days uh, seems to have, have kind of gone against reason against truth itself, and it requires of us to resist, to stand against it, not to simply fall in line or to, to accept it and embrace it and, and kind of get by so as to keep peace, but rather for us to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and follow after Christ by living our faith, not conforming to the world, but being conformed to the mind of Christ but our blessed Lord, He's speaking here about the things that are to come. And this is, the, this is you know, kind of right in the wake of, of what happens with our Lord in the Gospels, is whenever He speaks about, whenever whenever the disciples understand and proclaim Him as the Messiah, very quick He is to, he is, is to respond that, yes, indeed, but not in the manner one thinks. Anytime the, that the Messiah is brought forward, that title bestowed upon our Lord, very quickly He connects it with, the sufferings, with the crucifixion, with his death, and with his resurrection. This is how our Lord responds. When people say, you are the Messiah, he says, yes, and I will cry. I will will, will be crucified. I will die for you. He will lay down his life for us. He truly a living sacrifice for us. And so the cross is not a secondary piece or an optional part of our faith. It's a requirement of it. If we would be disciples, we must deny ourselves, pick up the cross, and follow Jesus. It looks different every day for us. It looks different for every one of us. But one of the main reasons or main ways in which we are called to deny ourselves and pick up the cross these days is not simply to fall in line with what's comfortable, not simply to keep peace, not simply to to avoid confrontation, or to not hurt someone's feelings. Rather, our call is to pick up the cross of standing in truth, of proclaiming the truth, of proclaiming the good news to a world that doesn't realize it's that good. And yet, if we are willing to persevere in these things, we will have eternal life. If we would desire peace in this world, we can have it, but we will not have it for eternity. And if we are willing to have peace for eternity, we may lack it for a time here and there in this earthly life, but it will be willing and will be worth every bit of it because on the last day when the Lord calls us to himself, he will say to us those most blessed words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your reward. And on that day, we will have the profound peace that our hearts desire, the that our hearts long for in this earthly life that we would seek to keep in so many ways. And so we ask our blessed Lord to strengthen us this day as we come to, to celebrate these great mysteries and to receive this holy Eucharist once more, that it may be nourishment for us to this week, to this day, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow after Christ, to remain faithful and true to him, looking forward to the day of eternity that awaits.